I had come across something where, oh, this is great, but I have my own spin and method on it and I can make it better. So I feel like I've just always had that drive to make things better. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven-figure exit, and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Do you want to grow your business bigger and faster? A free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find missed golden opportunities. I generally charge $150 or more per hour, but this would be free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing a few thousand dollars a month in sales already. Just visit myamazonaudit.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit and book in a time. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T.com. Look forward to speaking to you on your audit. Ladles and jelly spoons, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven, and eight figure Amazon and e commerce sellers. Now, Amazon, it has always been our focus. It's been mine over the years, but we are now in a multi channel world. It's kind of official. And today's guest is an excellent example of using Amazon as part of a multi channel approach. We're talking to Samantha Kazuch, founder of Manuscripting, a self development and mindset journaling company. So, it's a physical product, but with a bit of a difference. And we're going to explore everything you've done. So Samantha, first of all, welcome to the show. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much, Michael, for having me. Super excited to dive into what we're going to talk about today. Excellent. Good. So the first thing is tell us a little bit about yourself. So I know you've got a bit of a slightly different background to the average e-commerce startup, it's fair to say. So tell us how you got into this whole thing. Yeah, my journey starts back about over a decade ago at this part, being an entrepreneur in the space. But the first eight-ish years of my entrepreneurial journey, I was all in the online digital space. So that went from kind of like I started in the world of being an influencer on Instagram before influencers were even a thing. I had a video production company creating marketing videos for different brands and businesses for quite a long time. And then from there, as I was kind of like, Doing all that just naturally, just because when Instagram and Facebook and all of that started, people started asking me, how, how did I do it? How did I start an online business? How did I grow, you know, my social media accounts? So from there, I just kind of took that, you know, the entrepreneurial mind of, okay, hey, how can I monetize this? I turned into kind of being a social media coach, an online business coach, helping others start, you know, being able to monetize their online businesses and social medias. And then from there, I'll be honest, I never had a plan to get into the e-commerce space. But about three, four years ago, when the pandemic hit, I just kind of started sharing my kind of like my morning routine, kind of like what I did to stay focused on my goals, even when times throughout my life were really bad or crappy. And, you know, as the pandemic hit, everyone was feeling that right across across the world. So I just started sharing these things. And I started to notice that, you know, no one was really journaling or goal setting long term. You know, you do it in January at the beginning of the year, then you'd kind of forget about it. Right. And I started to notice that when I would share these things, people would get back to me and say, hey, this is actually working for me. Thank you so much. Like, do you have more? Like, where can I download, 
you know, these questions or these methods that you, that you've been sharing. And at the first I was like, well, I don't have anything. And then all of a sudden it hit me. I'm like, this needs to be in a book. This needs to be a physical product. And from there, I just dove straight into figuring out how to manufacture, how to, you know, start a Shopify account, how to sell online, how to ship, all of these sorts of things. And now three years later, we have a multi-million dollar journal company selling journals. And these are now primarily for women over the last three years. We have a men's journal coming out, but that's what I do now. And I'm so obsessed with it. I've learned so much in the e-commerce space in such a short amount of period of time. And it's just been such a fun journey to just learn more about it to, and to share this product with the world. Wow, there's so much going on. I mean, obviously you had the advantage, I guess, that over many people studying in e-commerce that you had that social media background. So it's, I suppose we, we're talking multi-channel yeah. brand creation today, really. And yeah, that, that is going to be part of the picture. But what's interesting is that you naturally, the the business sort of grew out of your life really and and above all from people asking you for things which is always a great sign isn't it what are your thoughts mm -hmm. on those things yeah i feel like my entire you know over 10 years of being an entrepreneur i had always started a business learning and noticing oh there's a need for this or i had come across something where, oh, this is great, but I have my own spin and method on it and I can make it better. So I feel like I've just always had that drive to make things better. And also just coming from the space, like even back during my influencer days, like I was, I was, I was a fitness coach as well. Like that was kind of like the space that I was in. So I was always helping people. I was helping people get results. So I feel like as well, I'm kind of like this teacher mentality and I'm really obsessed with learning. So just a mix of all of that is really key. But then also, I think the biggest thing, and especially coming from being a coach, you know, like even a business coach or a fitness coach or whatever, right? Just really helping people dive into like, what is your goal? Like, what is your passion? Like, what really getting to that part? And I feel like if you follow like your passion or desire, or what you see things needs to be changed or improved and you go after that versus, you know, right now on social media, you open up Instagram and within two seconds, you're going to see someone selling something to you, selling this, oh, make 10K overnight with whether it's drop shipping or coaching or just anything, right? I feel like people start to think, oh, well, I can do that too. But really, they're not following what they're actually meant to be doing. So it doesn't sometimes work out. So I feel like if you follow what you are meant to do and you follow your passion and you see something wrong with a product or something and you're like, oh, I can make that better. Like go after that versus just seeing what everyone else is doing that's working and trying to copy it or, you know, do the same thing. Yeah, I think that's, there's a lot of wisdom in that. And it, it's going to put this, it sounds obvious and, and sensible. And, and anyone's, you know, mum, if, if you're a certain age, I'm in my fifties now. So my mum's like, you know, nearly 80. And, and so pre-digital thinking, it seems like common sense. And yet, of course, common sense flies out the window in the world of Instagram yeah. and YouTube. And I've been pitched myself not once, but multiple times into things based on the fact that it would make money because mm -hmm. it feels like a way out of your current situation, as opposed to you know, committing to a goal, so not so goal-oriented as reacting against. And it's interesting, isn't it, how that goal thing, and what you were talking about not having written goals, and I was thinking guiltily, oh, yeah, that's me as well. I mean, I, I should have written goals. I'm a business coach, for goodness sake, and yet somehow written yeah. goals. I've I've written them over the years, and 
then kind of they haven't happened or things have happened randomly. That's a different question, isn't it? But I, I think what's interesting is that you've sensed a really profound need and you're trying to be true to yourself and help your clients be true to themselves. And so yeah. in a world where everything is all about the instant win, that stands out really, isn't it, as a positioning somehow. Well, exactly. look, let's talk about the, the nuts and bolts of running a profitable D2C site. So what's the nuts and bolts? I, I guess there's plenty of YouTube videos that can tell you how to set up a Shopify site or whatever. But tell me a bit more about what you think is the difference between what you've done that's profitable and, and why so many, this is kind of a dumb question, but I've got to put it out there. How come so many people are running a D2C site and it isn't profitable? What are you doing right that other people need to learn from? Yeah, it's really interesting. And it might be because of how I started, right? Like I started as far as already kind of having a small online community. And I was listening to those people of, hey, I want this, I need this. And I created it. So except for example, before we even launched or before I even had the physical product made, I was already focusing on building my community. So that means on social media, I started in a Facebook group where we really quickly within a year left the Facebook platform for groups and went to our own, a different app. It's called Mighty Networks that we use for our community. But I really showed up to serve that community and put a lot of hype around the product, the journal that was coming. So I think just really nurturing that side of things. And I know some people might be listening to this and you know, you have a physical product and it might be mugs or cups or t-shirts or something where it's like, well, how am I going to build a community around that? And I really, truly believe that everyone can build some sort of community around whatever product it is that you have. Because the one thing that I have noticed as well is that's what people are craving. I think a lot of people, especially like since the pandemic and even now, you know, yes, the, you know, more events are happening in person and stuff like that online. But I feel like just things have changed as far as people just wanting to know that they are part of something. And I think when I la even launched the journal, even before I went to manufacturing, I was asking my community, what colors do you want to see? Simple basics that I included them in the process of what and we started with now, what colors did they want to see? And I had like little competitions of voting. So I feel like anyone could do that with a product, right? Like what colors do you want to see? We might think like I was thinking, oh, I would really want a purple journal or a pink journal. And then I asked my community and they're wanting like black or these rainbow colors and all that colors that I would have never even have picked. So I really blended them into the process of creating the journal. And now even three years later, still to this day, I include them. I ask them, hey, what else do you want to see in the journal? What do you not like? And um, what do you want us to remove? So it's not, I'm not creating a product where it's just what I think, what I believe, what I want to see in it. You know, I'm really taking constructive feedback and making improvements. Every time we manufacture, which is once a year, I go in and we make a huge update. So I think from the get-go, that's what really laid a really good solid foundation. And seeing that work, that's where I truly like really pour in to my community to make sure, hey, you're not buying, you're not just buying this product once, you're coming back, you're buying it again and again. And then we're able to then launch other products. So when we have that next product drop, you know, they're becoming obsessed with the brand. So then, I mean, I have customers now that they're on their 50th order within three years. And that's huge, right? Like most most people struggle to get that second, third, fourth reorder. 
on anything. So it's just been such a cool process to being so new to this space, right? This being my first e-commerce business, but also paying attention to what's working and also doing things, not necessarily in a way that, you know, I've been taught where it's just pouring tons of money into ads and, you know, just waiting for that one customer to come in. It's no, okay, they're in now. How can we nurture them to become obsessed with the brand to keep ordering even more? Wow. For somebody who's new to e-commerce, well, I'm in four years, I suppose it's dog years in e-commerce, isn't it? So that's probably equivalent of 20 years offline, but still it's, you have such fantastic business wisdom, uh, but I think lessons from this, really what you're saying, pour, not just pouring money to ads, which I guess is always about the acquisition of the first cost, most is the most mm-hmm. expensive and may not even be at break even, right? But uh-huh. you're talking about really, really, really nurturing. 50th order of a journal and that's incredible i mean that the lifetime value of that customer is going to be super high so and i guess that's the equation that we're solving for for the dc right so i, I know it's funny talking to somebody with more of the, the coaching and mindset background i always come down to the numbers and and the numbers i suppose are a trailing metric aren't they i suppose what you're doing up front is creating a community excitement a real loyalty to the brand really engaging with the audience and on the back end you end up with a lifetime customer value which is the bit that interests me because then it means you have profit on the back end so being a more of a numbers guy in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So we are, we, we, when I planned this, this uh, couple of interviews with you, I, I thought we're going to go into building community next, but it seems to be built in to you and, and who you are and, and how you work and, and built into why the things such a success. So let's plunge into that. I mean, obviously you started uh, as an influencer. So you were sort of, you've had many years building communities and followings for those who are a bit newer to that. I'm sure you coach many people in this over time. What are your suggestions for how to kind of begin to build a tribe? Or even if we reverse further back from that, I suppose, we should ask ourselves how are we going to discover what it is we're put here to do, is it, to, to sort of paraphrase you. How do we deal with those big, big, rather amorphous things as opposed to here's a 10-step process that make you $10,000 a month? And you can see the seductiveness of that, right? It's very prepackaged. How do we handle that more amorphous stuff you talked about? Yeah. So actually, I'm kind of going through it right now because a couple, a a year and a half ago, two years ago now, I actually closed down my Instagram account that had the like thousands and thousands and thousands of followers. I shut it down because that account had was like 10 years old. That's from that phase of my life. So I'm actually in the process of quote unquote rebuilding even my personal brand, Samantha Kazuch which that's what I am on Instagram. So I'm kind of in the process right now of rebuilding myself from scratch. So I can kind of speak to this, not from a place of, oh, well, I was an influencer back in the day when it was so easy to grow. Now I'm like actually in the, in the quote unquote trenches again with building my personal brand, manuscripting on its own, manuscript has its own Instagram account, which is just growing, growing. Of course, you know, that's where everyone goes, but As far as even just starting with your company brand or personal brand, it literally is just showing up every single day. And I think what it comes down to now is people are more interested in learning and knowing who they're buying their products from. They want to know more about the founder. And the one thing that I know puts our journal company, sets us apart from others, is that the other really popular ones that are out there right now, and I'm not going to drop names, but the, but there's a there's quite a few of them that are very popular, do something a little bit similar to what we do, but you would never know who the founder is. There's no community with it. And yes, they're doing well, but also I think people are really, even when I'm shopping, if I'm going to buy something new, 
I'm like, hey, who's the founder of this company? What are their values? What are they all about? And I go to their Instagram account. So I feel like really just showing up, showing behind the scenes of the company, showing when things go wrong, showing when things go right, showing like day in the life kind of stuff. I think it really starts helping you gain trust with your customers as well, because I think people are more, I don't know the word for it necessarily, but people are more, I don't know the word, but just basically like how they're spending their money, they care. Like they want to know what products they're supporting and what type of people they're supporting too. So what's starting to grow with social media, whether it's for the business or personal brand, I think it's important to do both. And I know some people are like, well, Sam, I don't want to go on Instagram and I don't want to show my face and everything. That's okay too. But I feel like the more transparency you have, I think it's also going to help gain your customer's trust too. I was going to say, maybe the word is skeptical, but that's not right. That's that's maybe more me. I'm I'm in a classic generation X, a bit more old school. I think this is, people say, I've been saying for a long time that, you know, millennials shop. And I guess this was back in the day when, Gen X was the people writing the, the journalism and the, the mm-hmm. thought pieces. And now your millennials are in charge, you know, and the, the, the classic marketing cliche there is that they care more about the values of a company they're buying from. And that yes. probably includes the values of, of the, the founder. But yes. to put it more simply in the music world where I still have a toehold and I'm probably going to plunge back into that more actually and try and blend that with digital marketing. More, more to come on that. But my wife, for example, had a, you know, lots of drinks last night with her. So she'd been working with. And we both agreed that, and she doesn't listen to e-commerce uh, podcasts, but this person <laughs> isn't the greatest performer, but is really fantastic person to hang out with. And that is a big part of building a personal loyalty because you might book somebody, you go, they'll do the job. They're not amazing, but you know, they're really nice. Now I'm not saying that anyone shouldn't build a, a product or a service that isn't fantastic as well, but that personal loyalty counts for a lot more than we like to give ourselves credit for, right? We like mm-hmm. to think, oh, we consume in a very objective way, but that's not really true. So I think people feeling that they know you and that, that personal c- connection, it's just an everyday thing. And we hang our hat, hang that up sometimes that we go into battle in, in digital marketing becomes all about numbers. And I, I've got that tendency, I guess, partly because I've been trained in that. So how, for people who are not so comfortable then, you said you don't have to be on social media all the time, obviously. I got used to podcasting and I love that connection with the Mm -hmm. guests that we're having now, but I don't really love being on social media. And I go through phases of fantasizing about just shutting down every single social media account I have and being free, skipping out into the fields going, I'm free, I'm free, and then going, "Mm, so how do I connect to people? So for those who feel a little bit more in that direction, what's your advice for for handling that? Well, it kind of also depends on, you know, what kind of product or service you're providing. And I would, I would have them ask themselves, like, what is your fear behind it? Cause I know when I first kind of even started and even today, honestly, like as I'm building out my personal brand as this founder and all of that, like some days I even feel like, what's even the point? Like, what's even the point? But I would ask yourself, what is that fear behind? you know, putting yourself out there? Is it because, oh, your family's watching your Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and you're going to think X, Y, and Z? Is it because you just don't think that you're good at it? Is you think that there's no purpose to it? Like it's not going to make a difference. So first I would kind of look at that. And I think at the end of the day, what helps me to keep on showing up is what is your reason for your product or business? Like for me, there are days that I don't want to show up or I don't want to share something or I feel like, oh, what's the point? 
But at the end of the day, I think about my end customer and I think about her and I'm like, what would she want to see? And whether it is struggles that I'm going through or things going wrong in the business or whatever, like we, at the end of the day, like we're all human. We all go through our human things and you don't have to be picture perfect on Instagram. In fact, the more kind of like real life reality stuff that you show, the better, because that makes you more relatable. And when you become more relatable, that's when you're able to build those connections and all of that. So I would say just play around with it. Just start. It does take practice. It does take time. It's not something that you can just start Instagram storying or anything like that, you know, right away and you're good at it or it feels comfortable. No, it's it's hard. It's scary. And I totally understand that. But I think it's lear- it, it's a skill that you learn just like anything else, just like creating you know, anything, building a house from building your business, right? It's all a learning curve, but I would just urge you to lean into it, especially if you have a product or business that is helping people, which most products do, right? It helps to alleviate some sort of problem. So I think just showing up, just starting little goals, whether it's just going on social media, even if it's just once a week to start, maybe just put up one post a day, maybe just show you don't even have to put your face on it. Just show behind the scenes of stuff. You're alive. Put up a little picture of like different little things. I think just doing any sort of little thing to get started and holding yourself accountable to that setting that goal goes a long way. Hello, folks. Hope you enjoyed uh, Samantha's positivity and vision there. Samantha Kazuch of Manuscripting. Lots of lessons today, but I think that the big takeaway for me is kind of simple, but surprisingly hard, which is trying to be true to yourself and also tap into a market out there that is in need of something and, and to genuinely serve it. And I think, you know what, there's not a formulaic approach to that, but if you want the closest to a formula, if you like, then the the manuscripting goal uh, journal seems to be uh, working really well for a lot of people, including Samantha herself. Now, it is geared to women at the moment. They're coming up with a men's version. Um, you know, are men in women's journals different? Discuss. I, I'm not a journaling expert. Uh, Samantha is. She seems to feel there's a difference. But I mean, if you are a man who could get on with women's journals, you may find it works for you. If you're a woman, it may be perfect for you. Worth checking out. Uh, you can get a 15% discount off if you go to amazingfba.com forward slash manuscripting, like manuscript, only with an I instead of a U, M-A-N-I-C-R-I-P-T-I-N-G. That's the name of the brand. And then if you want to follow Samantha, she's Samantha Kazuch on Instagram, S-A-M-A-N-T-H-A, normal spelling, and then Kazuch is K-O-Z or K-O-Z, U-C-H. Definitely worth following, particularly if you aspire to being like Samantha, being an influencer and and building an e-commerce brand around that. Or if you're actually not very comfortable with influencer work and you want to see a master at work, bearing in mind she's been doing this for 10 years now and was a professional model before that. So very, very experienced on how to present herself and how to make stuff work. Uh, Again, don't be perfectionist comparing yourself to a top pro like that. I, I think it can be inspiring. But in the end, as Sam uh, says, you know, follow your intuition and get started to very sound pieces of advice for anyone in any walk of life, but especially entrepreneurship. Hope that was inspiring. The next up uh, is another interview with Sam, where or Samantha, I should say, where we work on uh, the little bit more nuts and boltsy, the profitable D2C site, how to create one of those. Not an easy nut to crack, but they've absolutely got it over at Manuscripting. 
in the meantime thanks so much for listening and uh, speak to you in the next show do you want to grow your amazon business bigger or faster i bet you do if so a free audit of your amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find some golden missed opportunities Generally, I charge at least $150 an hour these days for my time, but this is free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing at least a few thousand dollars a month in sales. If you are, just go to myamazonaudits.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit and book in a time and we'll see each other on a Zoom call. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z-O-Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T.com. Thank you very much listening and I hope to see you on a call soon. Thanks for listening to the 10k collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show and if you're on Apple podcasts please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.